0: Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features, get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the book Basic Economics, a common sense guide to the economy. What is economics? In daily life, we've all come across simple economic phenomena, for example, when prices are higher, people tend to buy less than when prices are lower. But not many people understand the underlying reasons. Economics reveals the underlying principles of economic phenomena by studying the cause and effect relationship behind them and making such relationships more straightforward and comprehensible. The causation we are talking about here is not the kind of simple one-way causation, but rather the systemic causation. How should we comprehend this? Let's look at a case study. Supposedly someone wants to buy a villa at the beach, but when they find out that the prices are prohibitively high, they may give up the idea and settle for a bungalow farther inland. When people's demand for beachside villas wanes, the villa's prices will be affected and go slightly down. The resulting price changes force buyers and sellers to reassess their plans. So we've discovered the interaction between prices and supply and demand, and that is what we call systemic causation. Too often, we falsely explain the results of systemic interaction through individual intentions. For instance, we've just mentioned that rising prices reflect changes in supply and demand, but some people may attribute it to business people's greed. This kind of thinking deviates from the basic economic principles and is not the right way to understand market behaviors. Therefore, only by understanding the basic economic principles can we avoid the natural tendency to explain systemic causation results through intentions. In addition to causation, we also need to know what is scarcity in order to learn about economics. What does scarce mean? It means that what everybody wants adds up to more than there is. One might wonder why there is still scarcity even though we live in a society with plenty of resources. The reason is that there is never enough to meet the desires of each of us. A feature article in the New York Times points out that even though the middle class Americans are already considerably more well-off compared to the previous generations, they are still just getting by because their desires exceed what they can comfortably afford. It's safe to say that scarcity is everywhere, and it's reflected in the allocation of all resources in our life. Generally speaking, economics analyzes cause and effect relationships in economic activities to figure out how to allocate scarce resources that have alternative uses. The book Basic Economics, a common sense guide to the economy teaches us how to master this thinking and change the way we see the world. This will help us make better decisions at every critical moment in life. The author of the book Thomas Sowell is a one of the leading liberal economists in the United States and one of the main figures of the Chicago School of Economics. A graduate from Harvard University, he is now a senior fellow at Stanford University's Hoover Institution. He has taught economics at Cornell University and the University of California and served as a government advisor on economics. Saul has won numerous awards throughout his career, including the National Humanities Medal and the Bradley Prize. Basic Economics, one of the classics among his more than 30 books has been translated into six languages and long topped Amazon's best-selling list for economics books in the United States. In this book we'll explain to you in three parts how to comprehend the way things work from an economic standpoint. Part 1, Prices and Markets. Part 2, Industry and Commerce. Part 3, Work and Pay. In a market economy where there is no specific individual or set of individuals that control or coordinate all the economic activities, how do things happen in an orderly manner? Prices play a crucial role here, which is manifested in three aspects. Firstly, prices are like messengers conveying news. For example, as we mentioned earlier, those who wanted to buy a villa at the beach ended up giving up on the purchase due to its high price. But the high price itself is not the only reason why people cannot live in a beachside villa. The price also conveys a message, beachfront villas are much sought after, but the amount of such properties are far from enough to meet all the demands. Numerous pieces of such market information are passed on to buyers and sellers through prices, which can sway their decisions on whether to buy or produce. This is how prices effectively deliver the information. Secondly, the primary role of prices is to provide incentives to affect behaviors in the use of resources and their resulting products. Consumers buy more when prices are low and less when prices are high. This phenomenon shows how low prices can stimulate or diminish demand. Moreover, prices also affect where demand goes. For example, if vast new rich iron ore deposits were suddenly discovered in some region, everyone there would expect things made of steel to become cheaper. In this case, those thinking of buying wooden desks might opt for steel ones, which seem more of a bargain. Prices not only guide consumers, they guide producers as well. Producers produce what consumers want and stop producing what they don't want. For example, if cars of a specific model sell well, its manufacturer will produce more of them. Conversely, if a model's sales stagnate, the manufacturer will stop making it and try to dispose of the unsold units to avoid further losses. Thirdly, prices are an effective means of allocating resources after weighing the trade-offs. If each type of resource only serves one purpose, economics would have become much easier but this is not the case. For example, trees can be either used to build houses or to produce paper. The allocation of scarce resources with multiple uses is crucial in any economy. In such complex situations, price plays a vital role. Let's look at one example. Consumers want cheese and ice cream and yogurt, as well as other products made from milk. How do prices help the economy to determine how much milk should go to each of these products? Here is how it works. When consumer demand for cheese goes up, cheesemakers buy more milk. As cheesemakers need more milk, the increased demand forces up the milk price for all dairy product makers, including ice cream and yogurt producers. In this case, producers of ice cream and yogurt will have to raise prices to cover the higher costs for milk, and as a result, consumers may buy less ice cream and yogurt. As consumer demand for these dairy products declines, so does the demand for milk to produce them, and then producers will use more milk in cheese production. You may think that resource allocation through prices doesn't sound as complicated as expected, but the repercussions go further. We can imagine that as milk prices rise, dairies will produce more milk, which means they may have to buy more cows. To this point, farmers may slaughter fewer cows for meat, which will lead to less cowhide available. As a result, the prices of baseball leather gloves may go up. So, should the milk production be increased or reduced? In his book, Saul points out, Such a question makes no sense in a world of scarce resources with alternative uses. This is a world of trade-offs, and whatever decision people make, there will still be unmet needs. In other words, every decision we make is just a trade-off, and it is not just about satisfying unmet needs. We can see that even in the absence of an authority to coordinate all the economic activities, things won't descend into chaos. The reason is that prices play a crucial role in regulating economic activities. What if prices are not allowed to fluctuate freely according to the supply and demand, but rather are controlled? Sal spares no effort in the book to point out that price controls will bring negative impacts. If we want to understand the impacts of price control, it is first necessary to know how prices fluctuate in a free market. Specifically speaking, prices rise when demand exceeds supply, which is called a shortage, conversely, prices fall when supply outpaces demand, and a surplus emerges. There are two main ways of price control, price ceilings and price flaws, and both have negative impacts. Let's first take a look at the negative impacts of price ceilings. The so-called price ceilings are set below the price level determined by a free market, with its adverse effects mainly seen in two aspects. First, the price ceiling will lead to a shortage. The so-called shortage doesn't necessarily mean there is any less of a product. Instead, it indicates that the quantity of this product is less relative to consumer demand. During the Second World War and in the few years that followed, for instance, a severe housing shortage happened in the United States, even though the population and the country's housing supply had both increased by about 10% from their pre-war levels. This shortage was due to the rent control laws back then, which artificially kept the housing price at a lower level than it should have been in a free market. These artificially depressed prices had a direct impact on many people's demand for housing. For example, when the house prices fell, Young adults who lived with their parents chose to move out and rent apartments to live independently. Those who used to share an apartment with others would also opt to move out to live alone thanks to the low prices. Many who didn't live in the city would choose to settle into those urban rent controlled apartments. Therefore, although the number of homes didn't decrease in proportion to the total population, these artificially low prices created a housing shortage. Rent controls not only had an impact on demand, but also directly affected supply. This is relatively easier to understand because the rent-controlled price ceiling led to lower rent, making it less profitable to build new homes. Building activity declined as a result. For example, after rent control was instituted in Santa Monica, California in 1979, applications for building permits dropped to less than one-tenth of the level five years earlier. In short, the rent controls intended to make housing affordable for the poor only drove more into homelessness. Another negative consequence of the price ceiling is quality deterioration. Home construction under the rent control policy is a case in point. In times of shortage, sellers do not have to worry about goods sitting unsold, and therefore don't bother to improve the product quality. After summing up the consequences of price ceilings, let's move on to the impact of price floors. The so-called price floor is a price set above the free market level, which tends to generate more supply than demand, creating a surplus. For example, during the Great Depression of the 1930s, agricultural price support programs led to sales stagnation of a vast amount of food that later had to be deliberately destroyed. In the meantime, malnutrition was a severe problem in the United States, and hunger marches took place in cities and villages. Therefore, the negative impact of price controls should never be underestimated. The unreasonable allocation of scarce resources with multiple uses could lead to huge losses for a country. That is the first part of today's bookie, Prices and Markets. We first explained the role of prices in the market economy, which is demonstrated in three aspects. First, prices are like messengers conveying news. Second, prices provide economic incentives to affect behaviors. Third, prices allocate scarce resources effectively after weighing the trade offs. Then we talked about price controls. Price controls bring negative consequences with price ceilings leading to a shortage and price falls resulting in a surplus. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play, get your free mind snack now.